0: Chapter Forty Five of the Wild Huntress This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter 45. The Barrow in Debate Our patience was not put to a severe test. O'Tig was not the man to keep his tongue in tranquility for any extended time. Neither was sure shot, an admirer of the silent system. Both were talkers. On this occasion, the infantry was the first to make himself heard. Be japers, comrade, I'm after a thinkin foot purty fools us have been to take it afoot this way, like two tramps, when we's might every bit as will have been stroyed in a pair of good ponies. We could have fetched a pair from the fort with all the eyes in the world. He's better certain ye ain't forstray about that particular we've been rather ungumptious besides we's right as will have been hung for a sheep as a lamb we'll be flogged all as one Aye, if the escort foins us for taking the guns on the knapsack and the whale borough. bad luck to the borough. no petrick don't cuss the borough it has served us for certain we kidn't a got along thout the machine how kid we we could never have toted our doins yes we've did and but for the piece of bacon and that ere bag o meal we'd have starved long afore this i reckon don't cuss the och it's made my shoulders ache as if some scoundrel had been with a beating them wid a sprig of neer a mind about that your shoulders'll be all right after ye got a wink of sleep spank my skin if that ere won't a cute dodge "'It's throwed the Indians off the scent for certain, "'or we'd a heard something of them vermin afore this. "'Faith, I think we've succeeded in bamboozling them, sure enough.' "'The meat by this time showed sufficiently done, "'and the two men applied themselves to eating "'with an earnestness that allowed no time for talking. "'The conversation had revealed enough of their past actions "'and future designs to confirm conjectures "'I had already formed about them. "'As stated, they had both belonged to the Rangers of immortal memory,' After the disbandment of the Corps, they had entered upon a fresh lease of soldier life by enlisting into the regular army. Otig had given preference to the sky blue of the line, while the Yankee had taken to the mounted rifles, as a capital marksman like him would naturally do. Indeed, it would have been impossible to have licked the latter into anything like soldierly shape, and all the drill sergeants in creation could not have made him stand with toes turned in or eyes right to have dressed the old ranger in line would have been a physical impossibility in the mounted rifles personal appearance is of less importance and considering the little inclination there is to enlist in the american army especially in times of peace the oddest looking article is thankfully accepted in the dearth of recruits Shershot could have had no difficulty in passing inspection both had evidently become tired of their respective services the routine of a frontier post is of itself sufficient to produce the deadliest ennui, and the Californian attraction had capped the climax. The temptation was too strong for either Yankee or Hibernian nature to resist, and these worthy types of both had taken French leave of the fort. It was thus that I epitomized the recent history of my old camarados. As they were evidently aware of the caravan being in the advance, and had been following it, it was easily conjectured that Fort Smith, a military post on the Arkansas opposite Van Buren, had been the scene of their defection. Very likely they had kept near the train all along the route, with a view to guidance and partial protection, as also for a dunyare sort, to which they might betake themselves in case of their stores giving out. The escort hinted at would be sufficient to account for their not being in closer communication with the caravan. It appeared they had been so far fortunate in escaping an encounter with Indians but this, as in our case, was most likely due to the passage of the caravan. We knew that the red-skinned robbers would be too much occupied with the train itself, and its more immediate stragglers, to be looking out for any so far in the rear as we. And to this circumstance, no doubt, we were indebted for the uninterrupted travel we had achieved. A greater proximity to the train would have rendered our passage more perilous. Sure-shot, though a slouch in his dress, was no simpleton, the trick of taking up the barrel was no doubt a conception of his brain as well as its being borne upon the shoulders of the irishman who in all likelihood had performed the role of wheeling it from fort smith to the big timbers and was expected to push it before him to the edge of the pacific ocean it was evident that patrick was tired of his task for they had not made much progress in the homeric supper before he once more returned to the subject Sure now, comrade, we might manage without a bora seen as we've got into the buffalo's country. Aren't them beasts as easy to kill as tame cows? Sure, we'd never be without mate as long as our powder lasts. Just utter way, you fool, we're a goin' out of the buffalo country and into perch where there ain't any animal bigger than a rat. On the other side of the mountains, there ain't no beast of any kind near a one. "'and it's just there we'll want that ere bag a meal. "'If we don't take it along, we'll starve for certain. "'Be me soul, I'd rather carry the mail on my shoulders. "'There's less of it now, "'and maybe I could manage it if ye'd only carry the spids "'and them other things. "'We might lave the knapsacks and cartridge box behind. "'What use should they be in California? "'They'd only laid our detection by the troops out there. E be skirt about that, Gimbrad. If there's troops in California, they'll have their hands full without troubling us, I reckon. We ain't like to be the only two critters as hasn't got a pass for the dickens. Near a bit it. We'll find deserters out there as thick as blue bottles on a barkis. Certainly we shall. Besides, petrick we needn't take the nipsacks all the way out there, nor the baron either, nor nothing else we brought from the fort. For what divis mean? interrogated the Irishman, evidently puzzled to interpret the other's speech. We can leave all them fiction in morning city. But will the train be after thravellin' that way? Sure you don't know that. Certain it will A putty considerable part high made up of mornins. And they will be bound to the Salt Lake. We can follow them and drop t'other. To in the Mormin settlements we can swap our uniforms for somethin' else and a pair too. He these two knapsacks and cartridge-box i guess is how i intend to make a speck on them ere two articles for what a pair of soger knapsacks and an old cartridge-box they wouldn't fish the worth of drinks a pace. you yeah, are mistaking mr tig perhaps they'll swap better'n you think how do you know i ain't like to get a beast a-piece for em either a mule or a hoss "'This child ain't a-goin' to foot all the way to California. beyond the Mormon City, he rides a spell, I reckon. pay hey, purse that's a out-and-out good idea. "'But how div you mean to carry it through? "'Whoa, that's what bothers Patrick, old Tig. "'Weel, Patrick, I'll tell you my plan. "'I ain't got it straightened out yet, "'but I hope to have it all right by the time we're on to side of the mountains, "'leastwise, before we reaches Mormon City.' hurrah for what is it inquired the impatient irishman the yankee did not vouchsafe an immediate answer but while polishing off the bone he held in his hand appeared at the same time to be busy with some mental operation perhaps straightening out the plan he had promised to reveal chapter forty five